to episode 63 of The Route, presented by WhiteWhaleMarketing.shop. The Route is a glorified sports business coffee chat that has a new guest every episode as they share their experiences and route in sports. I'm Christopher Nascimento, and let's get started. On today's episode, we have a, a pretty cool guest, I'd say, right, where um, I think with each recording that we do for the podcast, I try to you know, mix it up, give you guys a different feel and taste of uh, the world of sports, whether it's executives, students, managers, or even athletes, right? That, that's some, uh, some of the guests we've been mixing in. And this athlete in particular is, is incredibly interesting considering, you know, the trends of, you know, 2020 with esports being one of the, the biggest risers. So um, they're, they're a professional gamer specifically for 2K, and they operate with uh, the Utah Jazz Gaming. So that's pretty cool. He, he provides us a insight into that. He kind of touches on his career, what he sees before, after, and how that all will transpire. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. We'll get into that shortly. Um, before we get into the episode, as always, just a few things to cover. First, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast or follow it, depending on the platform you're on. Additionally, if you could also um, rate five stars, I know that's what they do on Apple Podcasts or whatever they do on your platform as I think we're on 10 at the moment, so it's pretty different depending where you're on. If you could just rate five stars, you know, share it with others, it allows us to become uh, more easily discoverable for, for potential listeners, so that'd be great. And, you know, the more listeners, the more things we, we, we can do depending on uh, guests, maybe type of content we can make, but that's always appreciated. Other thing I'll ask is, if you haven't already, follow us at The Route Sports on social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. I think that's it. Maybe YouTube in the future, depending how things go. But um, yeah, follow us there. We do clips, graphics, and you can even probably connect with um, with, with our guests, right? Because we tag them in the post, they interact with it as well. So that's always interesting, and you can maybe get an inside look of what it's all about. Um, yeah, other than that, that's about it. Um, oh, the, the one other thing I'll say with, with today's episode being presented by whitewellmarketing.shop, we have a merchandise collection for the podcast on, on the, the shop there on the online store. So you can easily go to White Whale Marketing on Instagram, check through their Instagram shop and, and browse through our collection, or you can simply go to White Whale MKTG, so whitewellmarketing.shop to uh, to view our, our merchandise there's hats t-shirts stickers um maybe you release a hoodie or something like that soon but uh hey you can support us there and hopefully uh you guys enjoy other than that let's get into today's episode i'd now like to welcome a very special guest our first ever professional gamer brent osgard of the utah jazz welcome to the route how's it going i'm doing well man thank you for having me yeah absolutely thanks for coming on um, yeah, the way I like to start every single episode is by asking each guest the same question, and that's take us through your route. So where did it begin, and how did we get here today? Sure. So uh, I guess my story is a very uh, unique one, I guess I'd say. Maybe that makes me sound a little special. but <laughs> uh, <laughs> So basically, I mean, for me, to, I guess, to get to the, I guess, uh, direction or kind of state I'm in now, uh, I've played basketball all throughout my life. Uh, you know, I played real-life basketball for a long time, AAU high school, you know, my team went to state. Uh, so I've always been playing basketball. Then if it wasn't that, if I wasn't playing, you know, real basketball, I was, I was on the video game. So 
I actually used to play, I mean, I played a lot of different games growing up, like Smash Brothers. I almost ended up becoming a pro professional in Counter-Strike. That was a game I was real big into. But I was always playing, you know, NBA Live, NBA 2K. So uh, when I was younger, I was like traveling to tournaments and stuff like that. And, you know, I was making money and things of that nature, but it wasn't, you know, enough to sustain a career. So, I mean, you know, I went to college, I, gra- I graduated with honors, got my degree and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the league wasn't even a thing that wasn't even available. So I guess five years ago, so the league was finally announced and I was just like, this is, you know, I've always wanted to do something in which I love. So that was always like a, a true like drive behind like my, you know, where I wanted to be in life. I wanted to be happy, I wanna, you know, cause people wake up and like, man, I gotta go to work. And so it's like, now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to work <laughs> and it's not a problem. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So once, once the league was announced, I was like, you know, this is something I want to do. I'm gonna make this happen. So, uh, you know, there's a whole process. There's, you have to qualify for the combine and then there's an official combine and then you, you know, you accumulate stats. And then if you, your stats are good enough, then you're able to make it to that next process. So then you have to go through an interview with the actual NBA. So that where they actually sit you down and, you don't see them, but they see you. And so you go through like a screening process. Then if you pass that interview stage, then there's the background check. And then if you pass the background check, that finally makes you eligible to be drafted. So just very similar to traditional sports is, uh, is kind of how the path to making the league goes. And then I was able to get drafted uh, at Barclays Center by the Indiana Pacers a few years ago. And then that's kind of where I got you now. Now I'm with the Utah Jazz, of course, but that's kind of like a long story short of where how, how I've got here. Yeah, no, that, that's amazing. And already right there, I already have a few questions that I'm just always trying to spin in my head. Um, one of the first questions I kind of want to go to here is you're talking about the whole process, and that I find that just so interesting, right? Because um, obviously, you know, esports is huge, right? And and it's only going to get bigger, but it's as it's growing, you know. There's more light on. I know last year when the, the pandemic hit here in Canada, we have a, a sports center called TSN rather than ESPN. Uh-huh. And, you know, there, there'd be uh, EMLS on TV and, you know, th- that would be on primetime. So I kind of wanted to lift the or, you know, lift the curtain on this. And maybe you can provide more detail about this process. Right. You're talking about the combine. What does the, the combine entail? Sure. So the combine is basically so let's so if you're I don't know if everyone's familiar with how uh, NBA 2K is played in the professional stand. So it's five on five. Each person controls one position. So let's say you were playing you the power forward. I could be the point guard. and We have three other people and we're facing another team of five. So for the combine, you load into one position and you're playing with random people. So I'm playing. It's not like a team of people. I know I'm, I may see someone I know, but I'm playing with four other random people. And, you know, I have to trust in them to communicate and play together while I'm also trying to accumulate stats and look good and win, which is most important. So uh, that's how the combine works. And then, you, you you know, you get a record based off that, off all your games. And you're trying to, you know, accumulate the best record and stats together to where you can make it to that next step. Yeah, that's very interesting. And then I guess some questions that come out of that as well. Um, you're talking about you know, you control one player, right? And, you know, you're in that designated position, whether it's, you know, power forward or, or guard. Um, how does the, what would be the, the attribute of that player build? Obviously, I'm sure you, you gain attributes as, as you get better and, you know, the, the better um, stats they put up. But what about the, um, the makeup of it? Like, do you get sure. to decide the height, the build, all that exactly. Stuff. So, yeah, um, every position has, they're called archetypes. So mm-hmm. uh, an archetype is basically like, 
you have a certain specialty for for that position. So for every strength you may have, so let's say if I'm a center uh, and I want to have a, a inside center, so you know my strengths are probably I'm a very good rebounder and I score well down low. But then again, my weaknesses are going to be that I can't probably shoot the ball, so I can't pop off the you know the the pick and pop, so I can't shoot the ball well from the outside. So you know for every build, there's like I said, there's an archetype and it has its weaknesses and strengths. So yeah, you load up on those, and they're already pre-made. So that's, I mean, uh, from from the game and retail, from how it is in combine, these these archetypes are already pre-made. So they're all at the same, you know, overall. So it's level playing field, and you, you know, you choose an archetype per position that hopefully fits your team. Some people don't fit the team in the combine, so that's another problem you have is people are selfish and they pick builds just strictly for themselves to, you know, or they want to pick a straight dunker build, but then they can't space the floor. So now they're, you know, they're killing your team spacing and. So there's so many things, issues you can run into in the combine. So that's why it's like a, to make it out of the combine was like a big joke. Like it was like, wow, you you made it out of the combine. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, right? It's a, it's a professional sport. It all depends on like what time of the game and tactics you guys are using. So that makes a lot of sense as a whole. Um, and then the, the the thing that you said that was kind of interesting there, you're saying how, you know, you may be playing with guys you know, or um, it may be random people. Yeah. Um, is it always, let's say for the Utah Jazz, when you're playing, you know, 2K with the Jazz, are you always the same starting five or is there like a makeup of um, 15? Sure. You know, so so for our team, uh, you know, obviously this is our drafted team and whatnot. And so we, we have a total of six players. So there's five people playing. There's a six man. The six mm-hmm. man may play. He may not play throughout the year. So. Uh, you don't. We don't sub in throughout the game, but uh, you know, may maybe a different team we play, we may let that guy play, or you know, if someone's not playing good, he may sub in throughout the year. Every team kind of varies with that situation. Some people don't use their six man at all. Some people, you know, are, their teams are very good to where their six man is just there for support and he doesn't play. So every every team situation is a little different when it comes to that. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, and it's all very interesting. And I guess before we kind of dive into anything else, I kind of want to go back to the beginning, right, where um obviously whatever generation you're in times change and you know there's different things that become popular other things that fall out of sort and i know when i was in kindergarten for example you'd look at the yearbook everyone wanted to be a police officer a firefighter uh i don't know teacher and then now when you kind of look at it and, and you know looking at surveys and research there's a lot more you know kids nowadays that are growing up that you know want to be youtubers podcasters gamers all this type of thing what kind of advice would you provide, um, at least on your end, coming from a gaming standpoint on, you know, how how to go pro? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's a very true statement you made. And I've, I've seen like newspaper articles and stuff like that about how the numbers are just, you know, swaying. And that is like a new trend now. It's like unheard of, but it's that's mm-hmm. how things are. Uh, I mean, the, the advice I give always is just, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with wanting to achieve something like that. You know, being professional, it's not easy. So just mm-hmm. like anything, if you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you know, it requires tons of time at work. So if you're going to commit yourself to it and, you, and you're passionate about it, I would always say, why not? But always just like in life, make sure you have a backup plan and make sure, you know, that, you you know, if you even if you put all your balls into the court, per se, just make sure that you're ready to if things don't go work out how you plan, that you have something else you can pursue. It can still be in that same industry, but, you know, you may not be able to be a professional, but that's what the beauty of esports there's so many different avenues you can take. So, you know, there's management, there's, there's people who do want work on the graphics side, there's people on the production side. So there's so many different avenues you can take to still be a part of an industry in which you love. So that's, I guess that'd be the little bit of advice I could offer. 
Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more with that because, you know, uh, as the more I, you know, record episodes with people in, in the space or even just do research of my own, it's clearly, we all know it's getting bigger, but even just the, the infrastructure behind it, right, where um, I think it was my second episode ever, we had um, someone who was part of a, a group that owned various esports teams in Australia. Okay. And, you know, he was sharing how, you know, they're, they're already starting to take over training grounds that were once used for, you know, the rugby national team there, or, um, you know, they're getting huge training facilities now where now they need different managers for each team. They need, you know, trainers for this, um, all the So there's like a whole organization behind it where it's no longer just, you know, the gamers and maybe a manager. So, you know, definitely like you're saying there, there's a bunch of opportunities that are, are going to be arising and it's only going to get bigger. Exactly. Um, and then another thing I kind of wanted to ask is, you know, from, from the grassroots of it. Um, when, when you were younger, was this something that you always wanted to, to achieve? I mean, yes, but so, you know, I'm, I'm a little older than most people in my industry. So, uh, for me, it was like there, there wasn't, esports wasn't even a title. There wasn't, there wasn't a thing, you know, that wasn't a thing you called it. Like you're going to a video game tournament or, you know, there, there was just a tournament or whatever. There was no official title. So it was like, you know, the bigger games, they had money behind it, like the Halos and, the, you know, Counter-Strikes. And I mean, Counter-Strike is still booming, obviously. Uh, but a lot of these games, like, I mean, Madden had like a big tournament every year and then NBA Live had one tournament a year, but it wasn't something it was like, so if you didn't win that tournament, it was like, dang, you're, you're, you know, you're SOL or it sucks. You got to try again next year. So it was like, there wasn't like a pathway, a clear pathway to be able to you know, now, like I make a salary and I'm, I'm paid year round to be an esports professional that there wasn't a pathway to be able to do that yet, which was the scary thing. Yeah, that's interesting to say that because um, two weeks ago we had a guest on and he's actually working um, at EA now. He's a director there, awesome. but actually in, in his youth, he was he was a professional gamer as well. And he was just talking about how I think it was in the early 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he was going to these tournaments, he was traveling. He, with his club but there wasn't really any you know clear path like you're saying right where you know there wasn't like the huge salary that you could do this full-time and all that stuff and you know you look at it now and it's just changed so much and one of the things i wanted to dive into here where you're just talking about you know the clear pathway um obviously you know there's no specific clear pathway as you're kind of saying but in order to to get notice is it just um being a good player and then you know climbing through the ranks and you know getting recognition as a, a top ranked player or is it also just from having a i guess a, a brand where people would want to watch you play exactly so you just touched on that that's like bingo so in the early stages of the league yeah like talent helps and then but now it's there's only you know until we add a few more teams in the league probably next year there's only limited spots so it's like for even talent can only get you so far. So yeah, like at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we're representing NBA organizations. So if we don't have a brand or something to help this team grow, because at the end of the day, these teams want to make money, you know what I'm saying? So you have to be able to appeal to them in that in that kind of likelihood to where, you know, they can mark you're marketable or, you know, there's 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 something else you bring like off the court besides just being good at the game. Because at the end of the day, NBA 2K, they say it's, you know, it's not the toughest esport. That's what they say. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can find someone who's talented, but, what else can you bring to the table? So that's a that's a real important thing. So yeah, whether that's having a Twitch following, YouTube following, or you know just being a brand itself, uh, whether that's you do stuff, content, content is big in, in our space. So being able to provide content or 
having a platform already. That's that's a big thing that's going to help your your brand or your name appeal to, you know, other organizations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's actually the space I'm in, right? Where I'm just trying to help athletes, you know, create a brand beyond the field, right? And maybe maximize, um, you know, the spotlight they have. Because like you're saying, it's even in maybe traditional sport now too. Um, if you're someone that can help sell, you know, tickets, get eyeballs on or, you know, increase jersey sales, there's a higher likelihood that, you know, they'll, they'll extend you that extra year or two, even though maybe your talent wouldn't hold you that long. And the same can be said, right, for esports. If, you know, maybe you're not the best, you know, 2K player, right? But, you know, you're, you're getting people putting eyes on the sport or, you know, people watching, you know, the game, then, you know, there's value there, right? So Definitely. That, that completely makes sense. Yeah, and, so I mean, we, had, we had some overseas players drafted this year, and that's that's definitely – I mean, not to say that they're not good at the game or anything like that, but that's definitely why, you know, some of these organizations took that approach. Like, that's new eyes on the product, new eyes on, the, on, on our game itself, and it's going to bring a lot more viewership. Yeah, and actually, kind of building on that, what have you maybe noticed in in the space, right? Where, um, I, I think this is also maybe something you can generalize as a as a whole now. Where with technology, you know, even I, I notice sometimes just hanging out with friends or you know being in in social settings, um, people don't like that awkwardness, right? Where you know maybe they're just standing there and they're not talking to anyone, so that you know they go straight to their phone and look down at your phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the social interaction has kind of gone down in the ability to do so. Um, what do you find takes place when, um, let's say there's a gamer who's, you know, very good, but his ability to kind of command an audience on screen is fairly poor. How does that end up working out? So, yeah. So an example I'd give of that is it's outside of like my esport, but I don't know if you're familiar with Shroud. Like that's what a lot of people said about him. Like amazing. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he used no, to play professional Counter-Strike, one of the biggest streamers in the world. Uh, okay. Sponsored by HyperX. But that, he's a very quiet dude, or he's not very, like, entertaining, people is what they would say, but just an mm-hmm. amazing gamer. Like, just can play any game at a top level. Just picks it up. He just, you know, he's just like that. He's just, he's special. So that's what people say about him. Like, how can he, how can we grow him? But, I mean, you got to market to his specialties. Like, obviously, he's not the best talker. He doesn't have the biggest personality. But at the same time, He's a one of a kind talent, so you have to find ways around that. So, you know, you know, specializing or emphasizing how good he is and showing clips of just how quick his reactions are and how he's just above the norm when it comes to playing. You know, just competing. Yeah, it, that actually makes sense because um, I guess there's something to be said, right? For when you know the talent is so great that you know people aren't necessarily viewing you know his, his content for. Um, I don't know, for maybe the jokes or the entertainment yeah. factor, but rather just watching the skill set and see someone, you know, dominate a game, same way how, um, you know, someone would watch LeBron or, you know, Crosby, McDavid, any sort of thing like that. Exactly. You're you're, you're really kind of looking at the skill set and just want to be in awe of what, you know, th- this human's able to do. So because because at the end of the day, everyone has, you know, everyone has a, a, a thing in which, in which they watch something for, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, some people watch house building episodes and it's because they just want to see what that person's doing and how they're putting this house together. You know, some people watch, you know, a streamer just to, because they're entertaining or some people like a mixture. Like, I, I don't care if you're good, but I, I want to be entertained while I watch you and laugh, or I want to see if you're good and can entertain me. You know, everyone has their own kind of vibe in which they're looking for when, when they're looking for just anything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And you can kind of probably even extend that to just entertainment as a whole, right? Whether it's, 
you know, for instance, I have buddies, right? As everyone does. <laughs> and the, your interest in maybe specific movies are, are different, right? I'm more of a guy that I just want to like see something good visually and, you know, enjoy the story and kind of at, at the face value. Or yeah. I, have, I have some friends where, you know, they're, they're huge. They're, I'd call them huge movie snobs, if I'm going to be honest, where they, uh, you know, they, they want specific shots. They want specific music, you know, all that sort of thing. Yeah. We can still enjoy the same movie, but we're enjoying it for different things. I think is kind of what we're getting at here, right? It's, no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's very interesting and definitely a, a discussion that I enjoy having. Um, and then something else I kind of wanted to get into is maybe more specifically back on yourself. You know, we're talking about different opportunities that arise with, you know, a brand that you have, whether it's in, you know, basketball, hockey or even esports right there, there's value and you're seeing it in athletes now where they, they want to build a brand for themselves because it can help them in their professional career mm-hmm. or it can also just help them post-career right to just have that network or also have those those business um capabilities so maybe for yourself are there any kind of avenues that you're looking into yeah definitely so i mean for me i've always like i always try to keep my networking opportunities open. I try to talk to anybody who's interested in my industry or just, you know, anybody I can connect with and maybe give advice to them, whether that's for the youth regarding, you know, the esports industry or just the sports industry. So, I mean, for me, um, you know, the management side and just working in kind of like the infrastructure of NBA 2K or just NBA, any sports game in general is something that's something I would love to kind of venture off to in my future years. So, I mean, that's something I always try to, uh, I guess, delve into and speak with people about to keep those opportunities open or those doors open. Yeah, for sure. Is that something that you're already kind of looking into now or just maybe that, that you're kind of pushing off? for? Yeah, for I would definitely say I'm in the early stages of that for sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, and then I guess kind of building it now, what, what do you kind of see, you know, in the next few years looking like? Are, you know, are, are you thinking of, continuing playing for for a bit longer you think there's you know championship aspirations so i mean you know my my team had we had a really good year this last year we finished in three final fours uh so i mean we were right on the verge of of winning some some tournaments and winning a championship so i mean obviously the goal this year is to get over that hump i'm not going to say we're just going to win everything because it's a very tough league so i mean uh the goal this year is to at least win a tournament Uh, i mean we want to win the whole thing win the championship but uh just getting over that hump is our biggest thing. Like I said, three final fours is, is like it was nice to make money or whatever, you know, to go far. But, you know, we want to get over that hump this year and be able to achieve, you know, a victory. So uh, beyond beyond just this this upcoming season. Yeah, uh, obviously, like I would love to play forever, <laughs> uh, but it's probably not realistic because the, the league does want to push the youth. And that's understandable as well. So, I mean. I have to realize that my opportunity of playing can't be forever since I am one of the older guys in the league. Although I wish yeah. I could play forever, but yeah. So I mean, like like we spoke on earlier, like I would I would love to get into the management side of things because I definitely think with my background and experience, I could definitely help put together a team and just be able to build an organization. Yeah, no, that'd be very interesting. Um, there's just kind of a few things I want to touch on there, right? With you know the, the way the season works out, right? I, I, obviously, there's always championship aspirations and. I don't know if you agree, but I, I'd assume to an extent, other than maybe like reaction time and and um, what is it? I said, I guess you could say that there there is the potential in uh, in professional gaming to maybe have a longer career than someone would have as a I don't know a running back in the NFL, where yeah. you know 
they're they're getting contact and you know they're getting hit by like a truck every day basically so hopefully that ends up helping you to to have a more long career and then in terms of um oh there's something i was gonna say here i completely forgot oh building on an organization that's something i find that's very interesting right where i've had meetings with different you know people specifically like esports clubs and uh in ottawa and they're just kind of giving me advice on how it all works and it seems like the next few years it's definitely the time to to dive into it right because i think eventually there's going to be a higher um higher what would be the right word it'd be more difficult to to get past that barrier of entry because there's going to be um you know so much more financial costs and so much more eyes on it that it'd be difficult for anyone to just you know kind of start a professional league as it would be to a professional soccer team but yeah so kind of building on that are there any sort of things that you'd kind of looked into for you know starting a team what what do you think would help build a successful team uh I mean, obviously, the right people around you who believe in in what you're trying to build, uh, you know, have, sharing those similar goals and ideals, I would say, because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there's organizations that they buy into something and they don't really fully know what they're getting into or they don't really, you know, they just heard that esports is supposed to grow. So they just, you know, they just throw the initial money into it, but they don't really believe in the product. And I think that's a mm-hmm. big thing to have support in just anything you do, whether that's support from your loved ones or you know, if you don't have the proper support behind you, it's hard to make things come true. If you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense, and that, that's that's applicable to, to a lot of things, right? Whether it's exactly. you know starting a, a, an esports organization or even just um, you can be probably even just putting it, you know, completing a difficult degree in uh, in school, right? Where sometimes you need that support system, you know, to to pick you up when you're down and you know continue pushing through. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, a question that kind of just passed my mind that I forgot to ask earlier on the topic of, you know, the schedule of, you know, playing in season and, you know, you know, competing for, for the, for the end goal. Mm-hmm. Are you able to also um, game away from the team? Like, um, I don't know, do do streams on Twitch and maybe help, help uh, your, your, your brand standing as well? Or is that something that you try not yeah. to do? Uh, so, uh, my, my point guard of our team, he's actually a he's a partnered streamer with Twitch. So he's he's a pretty big streamer. So that's something like I'm I don't stream as much as him. I'll say that. But so mm-hmm. that's something. Yeah, it just depends on your, your durability, really, because, you know, we have 10 hour day, eight, 10 hour days, five days a week. So it's like it's just do you have the energy to want to go home and stream, whether that's playing the same game again or trying to switch mm-hmm. it up. And, you know, it's just about, you know, your your durability and the energy you have to go home and continue to stream while you're in season. So. Yes, it, it, and you can be successful because at the same time people are interested in you because we're in market and they know the season's going on, so they want to you know tune in with you and talk with you. So I mean, it's definitely something that can be very engaging. It's just like I said, it comes down to your your work power and you know are you willing to make this happen? Or are you going to take that rest after you know a long day of practice and you know you maybe you're not as committed to streaming? Yeah, I know uh, that makes a lot of sense. And just on the topic of you know streaming other games. Um, do you tend to do so? Because from talks I've had, apparently it's, uh, obviously you can specialize in the game, but it'll be easier to, to gain more eyeballs by just, um, having a wider range of, uh, of games that you play. Yeah. Uh, for me, I haven't ever, I mean, not that I haven't ever, uh, I normally just stream the game. I'm, I guess I'm, I'm known for, um, uh, mm-hmm. I've done like a few small streams playing other games in the past, but normally I, I only stream, uh, NBA 2K. I mean, I play other games of course, but I haven't really 
ever put too much time into streaming those other games, which I've, I've always debated on whether I should or shouldn't. But, yeah, that's probably something I need to think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I obviously, I, I'm no expert. I just, just think in terms of, like, a, a branding or standpoint, right? I think a lot of times you'd see – let's use, like, an NBA player, like an old-school NBA player, where their brand is basically specifically around – professional basketball player right so if you see player x everything that's aligned under his name and his brand is related to to basketball somehow so his posts on social media you know it's him with the team him training um you know xyz and then same goes for sponsorships where you see all of his major deals even though if they're not directly like um performance apparel or, or shoe deals anything like that the deals that he still has are from major partners of the nba right but then post career it kind of puts him in a dead end because if he's no longer connected to the nba he's no longer that professional basketball player it's difficult to to grow those partnerships whereas you're seeing a lot more um these young up-and-coming athletes and you know specific nba players i think that's why the sport's growing so much now because how great these young brands are is that you'll see a player like ben simmons i think you'd be familiar with him um he, right, you, you see, his, his, if you go on his Instagram, you see him posting, you know, training, stuff with the Sixers, and then, you know, cars, fashion, but then as well as, you know, with Face Clan and all that, you right. know, all, all the other different things that interest him, right, whether it's a different game or any sort of thing like that, which would then help him if, I don't know, let's say he gets a horrific knee injury, hopefully that doesn't happen, right. next week, he can still, you know, embark on these different avenues, which would be probably similar for someone like yourself or a different gamer as well where let's say your skill set for 2k you know unfortunately falls off one day but then you you still are entertaining when you're playing gta even though you're not the best at it that just allows for you know more eyeballs to be attached to it rather than you know when that skill set fades i agree i definitely yeah and one thing that i'd like to get i'd ask before we kind of start wrapping things up is you know i've been trying to you know, I had an esports tournament last year that I hosted with different schools. And then, you know, I've been trying to do some one-on-one streams. Picked up the PS5 a few days ago to, to get back on that. Sure. Um, and I've noticed there's a huge interest in audiences, especially mine on Instagram, when anything related to streaming or esports. So maybe for myself or even for those listening who, who want to begin streaming, what advice would you have for them to maybe pick up that initial audience? consistency uh i I know we kind of touched on that earlier so it's like you're gonna you're gonna have a time in which you know you're not having those proper eyes or the eyes that you want viewing you and it's just about being consistent whether that's creating content for youtube whatever streaming it's just it's consistency that's the biggest thing so it's like it may get you down at times because you're not bringing in the viewers that you want to bring in but if you stay consistent and you're continuing to promote your product and whether that's starting with some family members, just having them come view your stream. Hey, can y'all just come turn your phones on and just, you know, whatever that is, just, you need a starting point and, and continuing to grow off that. Because like I said, if you're consistent, people are going to come around. And then if, if, like I said, if you're dedicated to your product and you're passionate, people take notice of that. And it just, like I said, some things don't happen overnight. Some people are blessed in which they're just overnight sensations, but that's not everybody's route. So it's just consistency. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, no, I couldn't say that better myself. And you know, <laughs> using the word route, uh, uh, shout out to you for that. Um, <laughs> and then one more question before I kind of just go into the final ones I ask everyone. What would you rank the best 
streaming platform. So obviously there's Twitch, YouTube, um, I think Facebook gaming is you yeah. know getting bigger. I don't know if there's others, but would you mind maybe ranking them um, from best to worst? Sure. Uh, man, so Twitch and YouTube is my one and two. It's just it's debatable on what I want to go. Is Twitch one? That's 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 tough. That's what I'm that's what I'm sitting here thinking about okay. right now. You that's a good question. You caught me on spot with that. <laughs> uh, okay, personally, I'll go Twitch, but okay. I think if, if it makes sense, I'm gonna put YouTube one and Twitch two. I'm gonna do that. Okay. And then, yeah. So I contradicted myself, but I have I have a meaning about behind why I did that. And then I'll go Facebook Gaming three. Uh, I know there's other platforms. I'm not really too sure of them, but those are the main three that stand out with yeah. me. I'll I'll go YouTube one because the revenue you're, I mean, you're able to create revenue off Twitch, but the revenue Mm -hmm. you're able to create off YouTube, create from YouTube, I feel like is easier. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Twitch, like, yeah, once you're able to get partnered and get approved, then yeah, you know, subscriptions and donations, like all that stuff is nice. I feel like YouTube, like not that gaining views is hard, but I feel like it's an easier path once you're able to get those, the monetary funding coming in from getting those views. Because, you know, there's a lot of different ways in which you can do that. Uh, you know, whether that's the the titles you're able to clickbait and stuff like that. There's there's a lot of different ways you can go with YouTube. I'll say that. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'd assume it's probably down to the, you know, the basis that, you know, they're owned by Google, right? So it's like search, like the, their search engine is so much stronger than you know, maybe other platforms. And yes. I noticed just posting content on YouTube that if you then go search it in like Google images, you're like right there at the top afterwards, like your, your thumbnail. Right. So I think that that's definitely a huge um, strong suit for, for YouTube. I, I can see that as well. But then I do have a question about your number three, if you don't mind. Um, so okay. Facebook gaming, you kind of clearly put it number three, not, not even competition. Um, is there a specific reason why you don't think there's a market there or anything like that? So I, I do think they're growing and I have some friends who are partnered with Facebook gaming. So they get paid, okay. you know, uh, to, to stream off Facebook and, and then the, the, that exclusive partnership deal. So I, I definitely, I just feel like it's still in the early stages. I know they're throwing money at people to go over mm-hmm. there and, and, uh, you know, stream specifically over there. So, uh, I'm just curious to see how it's going to turn out. I just still think it's the early stages in my opinion. Cause you know, Mixer died, and then uh, I don't know. I, I, th- I think it has potential because Facebook is, you know, it is big, but is is it enough to hold over the long haul? That's I guess that's the questions I have behind it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I think in the past too, right? I think even just in regards to video content, they tried competing with YouTube, or they are trying to compete with YouTube. But um, Facebook also has all these little like little intricacies that are kind of difficult to understand to see how you can be successful. Where and think about the ten year olds. Are they gonna are they gonna open up Facebook? Are they gonna mm-hmm. open up YouTube and watch Tim the Tap Man or Dr. Disrespect? I mean I'm just throwing out names, but is it is yeah. a ten year old gonna click YouTube and just scroll through videos or are they gonna go through Facebook and go you through on Facebook gaming? I, that's just just my opinion though. No, that that's a great point. Like obviously we we can think about this debate this all the time, but that's probably the most clear argument that you can make, right? Where let's say I would can't say that. I was gonna say go ask a ten year old on the street. It's probably not the best idea. If you have a ten year old in your family, right? And you go ask them. Right? Like my my little cousin, I think she just turned thirteen. I asked her. I'm like, hey, uh, obviously she has an Instagram, and I have her there. Sure. I'm like, oh, are you gonna get on Facebook? Because I remember when I 
went into grade seven. That was the first thing I did or grade six. <laughs> and she was like, no, she's like, why would I touch that? I was like, hmm, interesting. Facebook's yeah. completely it, turned it, off by the other generation. Really connect with Facebook. That's just, it is what it is. Yeah. And yeah, you can even just see from different companies, right? Whether um, it's the way their, their marketing efforts are, they typically see like the Facebook audience as, you know, their older demographic, right? Like parents, grandparents, right. whatever. Whereas people that are, you know, typically in their, I would say 20s and 30s, they have their account, right? When they made it when they're a bit younger, exactly. but they don't typically interact on it anymore, right? People just use it for for messenger. So definitely yeah, interesting. Connecting with a family they didn't know they have or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, that's, I'm just, that's, that that's one like, told. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Definitely some great insight that, that you've provided. Um, and to kind of wrap it all up, I have two questions I typically ask all the guests at the end. The first being, obviously, you know, you're, you have a tremendous career. You're, you're doing something that you love and you know, you're experiencing so much. So, you know, one day when you're, I don't know, 103, that's the age I want to live to, um, and you're on a rocking chair and you look back at your, at your career so far, what's one story that's going to stick out where you're going to be like, wow, I can't believe I did that as a career? Man, so honestly, I would just say being able to walk across the stage and hear my name called and get drafted and put on, you know, put on my team hat. Like, that's something I can never forget. Like, that's when I officially knew that I was able to do something I love. I mean, obviously, that was just the the, the, the start of it. But that, that day in itself is something I'll never forget, being able to have my mother with me, my fiance there, like, and just having them there with me and being able to experience that. That's like something I can never forget. Yeah, I, I could only imagine what that would be like. And uh, as I see here, like on, on your LinkedIn profile, you have that picture there, and it just looks like amazing, right? Where I like, if you look at that at, at first glance, right, you're like, oh, like you know, Bre- Brent, an NBA player, which you 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 are, right? You you play for the Utah Jazz, so I love how the NBA, you know, provides with the same kind of level of respect, right? Where there there is that draft, there's you know the there's the infrastructure behind it, which I, I yeah. appreciate, but. So I mean, I mean, we're we're an affiliate of the NBA, so there's no there's no like sugar, you know, it's not a it's not a lie, it's not fabricated or anything like that. I mean, we are a league under the NBA. We're not, I guess, we're not the NBA because we're not playing on the hardwood, but we're we're the only space in which you know virtual basketball is played, and we represent. We're an affiliate of these NBA organizations. So, yeah, no, I completely agree, and uh, kind of getting sidetracked again here, but I do have a question on that. What uh, and I have talks with people about this. What's your opinion on, do you think there will be a point in time in maybe our lifetimes that, you know, the hardwood takes a backseat to, to the gaming team? Ooh. So, man, that's, I don't know, because basketball just, it, it's so special. And, and just being able to, you know, for me, like I said, I come from a basketball background and just, you know, I still mm-hmm. play basketball now to this day. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, I know like, you know, in China and stuff, like they love esports. So, like the way we mm-hmm. pack a stadium for basketball, they do that for esports. So it's like yep. when we're able to like fully connect with them over there. I don't. It's uh, that's tough. That's a good question. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it can ever trump over like live basketball because that's like us. That's just such a special experience. I don't know if you ever. I don't know how how you feel about basketball, but just yeah. live sports in general. I, I'll just even say live sports in general. Live sports is just, you know. Being able to, to appreciate and respect the the natural talent that goes into that. I mean, and gaming, it, it's such a natural talent as well. So mm-hmm. it's just two different levels of appreciation, I would say. 
Yeah, no, de- definitely an interesting debate. And um, obviously, I love all sports. Uh, I actually went to a Warriors game. That was my first NBA game. Okay. When nice. uh, I think the year they went 73-9. and I thought that was amazing. And I went to a Celtics game last year. Uh, I don't mind it. You know, I appreciate it. But I find it's harder for me to, to get up for, right? I think I need some attachment. Like the Raptors, I can get up for that. But just gotcha. some random NBA teams, that's a little more difficult. But building on what you were saying here, um, that, that's a huge, interesting debate, right? Where you you hear about these, what are they called? E-cafes in, in Asia, yeah. right? Where they're just filled with uh, young people playing games. And even going back to, you know, my second episode with, um, you know, the individual in Australia that's involved in esports, he was telling me just about the, the stadiums that they're filling, right? Especially, you know, Overwatch, right? Where they're having these huge event centers that would typically be used for, I don't know, some type of traditional sport. And they're getting packed. They're getting sold out. And even the amount of eyeballs that are on, um, you know, tournament finals for some games, they're bigger than, uh, you know, the Super Bowl, right? So who knows? Maybe we're already nearing that point where I think there will always be a place for live sports like the NBA. Well, I definitely can see a point in time, especially post-pandemic. Yeah, post-pandemic. Where, that's a big thing in itself, yeah. Yeah, right? Where who knows? Maybe um, – they're going to be having you in the in the stadium in Utah, right? Playing in front of a whole crowd one day, which man, that, that would that would be that would be awesome, and yeah, I mean yeah. that's definitely like a vision that I know a lot of people have. So it's just it's just about growth. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't be shocked by that because I see images or clips of you know some of these games in I would say Europe or Asia, and it looks like a like an NBA game, right? It's it looks professional, the the lights, the oh, yeah. it looks amazing. And it's packed and the crowds are going wild. So, yeah, I can definitely see that happening. And then the last question I'll have, I know I've asked you a lot of questions today. Um, what last piece of advice would you have for anyone listening, whether it's life, career, or even if it's going back to a young version of yourself? Sure. So I like that question. Uh, so for me, you know, I've not to say that people don't go through their own uh, downfalls or, you know, uh, stories and stuff like that so for me i went through a lot of in my my i guess uh trajectory or obstacle course i i took to get to where i'm at wasn't an easy one and it wasn't there was a bumpy road so i went through a lot of rejection which i at times i didn't understand and it made no sense to me and because i knew i was putting in the work i knew i was dedicated to my craft i knew i i knew i was passionate about what i wanted to do so uh you know some people you can't allow other people's current status or roads to project on how you feel about your road. Everybody's pathway is different and you're not always going to be where someone's at, whether that's at your age, whether, you know, you, you know, and that's a, that's a thing with social media and that's what it does to people. It's like mm-hmm. you see these 22 year olds and they have, you know, they have seven figure bank accounts and they're driving flashy cars and people think that they have to be there at 22, not, their road is not meant for you. So trust and believe yeah. in your your work and in your your you know your your own story is gonna make itself. It's not meant to be like everyone else's. So trust that your story is special and that what what is meant to come to fruition will. Yeah, I, I love that. And that just everything that you just said there just proves why you're such a great guest for this podcast, because that's what the route's all about, right? Where I kind of started because I was going on these different coffee chats talking to all these different people involved in sports. And it was shining light how 
there wasn't specific one specific job i should say or one specific way to get to that job or any of the other thousands of other jobs within the industry All right and that's why i try to shine light on right i can have you know a thousand people on the show and there won't be one route or one story that's the same that's i think that's what i try to do right and you you just kind of hit it out of the park there where you know someone's going to be a director at 26 someone else is just going to enter the sports industry at you know 35 or yep. someone else is going to you know be that what, what's that word like that the little savant gamer at, at 15 but the point is they're all different and everyone's going to get there at different points and everyone has a different route so couldn't agree with that more and ah, that's that's a great way to end the podcast yeah but brent thank you so much i i truly love this conversation i you know, it definitely stimulated my mind and all different things that ideas I have going on now. But unless there's anything else you'd like to share, I, I just want to thank you again for coming on. And I, I truly appreciate it. No, definitely. Likewise, man, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure just getting to talk with you. And you, you definitely caught me off guard with some good questions today. So you kept, <laughs> you kept me stimulated and entertained. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed this time and I really do appreciate it again. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thank you. You know, shout out to Brent. Thank you again for, for coming on the podcast and, you know, sharing your, your unique story and route. Um, or, so his name is Brent Asgard, but in 2K or, you know, in the gaming, it's, you know, Lord Beezus. So follow him there or follow him throughout his career. Great guy. Um, yeah, th- thank you to him for, for sharing. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I think it's a pretty cool perspective of, um, you know, what's to come and, you know, a growing space within the sports business world so it's always great to chat with uh, different types of people so hopefully you guys enjoyed that um i'm going to be doing a bunch of new recordings in the coming weeks here as we're at that time of year where you know we just kind of record in bundles so i think the next few episodes will probably focus more on uh, international feel and just try out you know different sports right i'm uh, pretty interested especially with netflix and you know the, the lockdowns here in, in Ontario to, you know, dive into F1, right, especially with that Netflix series. So hopefully we can get a guest in Formula One and maybe different sports like paddle and Europe and, and different sort of things like that. So um, stay tuned to that. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Hopefully you guys uh, – well, you know what? I'll just see you next week. Have a good one.